0: Chapter thirty six of Silas Strong, Emperor of the Woods by Irving Batchelor. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty six All stood aghast for a moment in the light of the lamps around the bed of Strong. His clothes were burned, bloody, and torn. They lay in rags upon him. His face and hands were swollen part of his hair and beard had been shorn off in the storm of fire through which he had fought his way he spoke not but there was the grim record of his fight with the flames of the terrible punishment they had put upon him while the sturdy old lover sought his friends all hands made haste to do what they could for him and for the woman he had carried out of the fire of the pit he had told master that annette was waiting for him at the falls the young man sent harris to bring her with horse and buckboard strong lay like one dead while they gave him spirits and bathed his face and hands in oil soon he revived a little it's business he muttered in a moment his thoughts began to wander in a curious delirium filled with suggestions of the old cheerfulness he sang feebly the briars are above my head the brakes above my knee and the bark is gettin kind of blue upon the venison tree rain had begun falling and daylight was on the window panes THE DETHRONED EMPEROR CONTINUED TO SING FRAGMENTS OF OLD SONGS SO FAMILIAR TO ALL WHO KNEW HIM. IT WAS IN THE SUMMERTIME WHEN I SAILED, WHEN I SAILED, HE SANG. SOCKY STOOD BY THE BED OF HIS UNCLE WITH A SAD FACE. THE THUMBS DOWN, STRONG DEMANDED, FAINTLY. MASTER WENT OUT ON THE LITTLE VERANDA AND LOOKED DOWN THE ROAD he could hear the voice of his friend singing, "'The green groves are gone from the hills, Maggie.'" "'It is true,' thought the young man as he looked off at the smoldering woods. "'They are gone, and so are the green hearts.'" Annette came presently, and Strong rose on his elbow and looked at her. "'Anne,' he called as she knelt by his bedside. "'Today!' today it's no some day any more it's today he sank back on his pillow when he saw her tears and whispered almost doubtfully better t times he leaned forward and put up his hands as if to relieve the pressure of his pack straps and in a moment he had gone out of hearing on a trail that leads to the better times he had hoped for let us try to believe So ends the story of Silas Strong, guide, contriver, lover of the woods and streams, of honor and good fellowship. He was never to bow his head before the dreaded tyrant of this world. We may be glad of that, and remember gratefully, and with renewed thought of our own standing, that Strong was ahead. A curious procession made its way out of the woods that morning, Socky and Sue walked ahead. Master and Edith and her father followed. Then came the boat-jumper with synth and all that reminded of Silas Strong in it. Then the buckboard that carried Harris and old Mrs. Dunmore and the servants. Slowly they made their way towards the sown land. "'What you crying for?' a stranger asked the children as he passed them. "'Our Uncle Silas died,' was the all-sufficient reply of Saki. Soon they could hear the roar of the saws. "'Look,' said Dunmore to his daughter, as they came in sight of the mill chimney. "'There's the edge of the great world.' He looked thoughtfully at the children a moment, and added, "'It all reminds me of the words of a mighty teacher.' A little child shall lead them." And what of Migley and the rest? Word of his harshness in driving Synth and the children out of their home had traveled over the land. And not all the king's money could have saved him. Master went to the legislature, where God prosper him, and the young lumberman was condemned to obscurity master and edith live at clear lake most of the year and the cranes have brought them a young fairy regarded by socky and sue who often visit there with deep interest and affection Synth will spend the rest of her days probably in the home of gordon at benson falls as to annette like many daughters of the puritan she lives with a memory and her hope is still and all in that some day gone now into the land of faith and mystery. The once beautiful Valley of Rainbow was turned into black ruins that night of the fire. Soon a game pirate, who had blabbed in a spree, was arrested for the crime of causing it. The authorities promised to let him go if he would tell the truth. He told how he had been with Red MacDonald that night and saw him fire the woods. They fled to the shore of Rainbow and crossed in a boat. Near the middle of the lake, they broke an oar, and a mile of green tops had begun to fry before they landed. They ran eastward in a panic. They crossed Bushrod Creek on a big log that spanned the water. At the farther end of it, MacDonald, who was in the lead, put his foot into one bear trap and fell into another. His friend tried to release him, but soon had to give up and run for his life. He went with an officer and found the heap of bones that lay between two rusty traps in the desolate valley. "'After all, he got exactly what was coming to him,' said he, looking down at the ghastly thing. "'It was him shot the Emperor of the Woods.'" "'Who was to pay MacDonald for his work?' That probably will never be known. End of Chapter Thirty Six. End of Silas Strong, Emperor of the Woods, by Irving Batchelor. This recording has been by Roger Moline.